Hello and welcome to more, which stands for the day obviously reads everything. So this is the podcast where I try my very best to finish the Hunger Games. As a self-proclaimed bookworm, it's kind of my duty. So join me and all of my guests as we try to read through the whole series. So sit back and relax as I do my best, my very, very, very best to read all of it. I hope I like it and I hope you like it too. So let's begin. Hello and welcome back to another edition of More. So this is going to be a little different from what we've been doing. No guests, just me, Madei, your host. So I hope you won't get bored of my lovely voice as we continue in chapter nine, the big print edition. Ugh. All right. So let's get to it. I spend the next hour helping the redheaded girl clean the room. When all the garbage had been dropped off down, dropped down at disposal and the food cleaned away, she turned down my bed. I crawl in beneath the sheets like a five-year-old and let her tuck me in. Then she goes. I want her to stay until I fall asleep, to be there when I wake up. I want the protection of this girl, even though she never had mine. In the morning, it's not the girl, but my prep team who are hanging over me. My lessons with Effie and Haymitch are over. The day belongs to Cinnabon. He's my last hope. Maybe he can make me look so wonderful no one cares about what comes out my mouth. The team works on me until late afternoon, turning my skin into glowing satin, stenciling patterns on my arm, painting flame designs on my 20 perfect nails. Then, Vina goes to work on my hair, weaving strands of red into a pattern that begins on my left ear and wraps around my head, then falls in one braid down my right shoulder. They raise my face with a layer of pale makeup and draw my features back out. Dark, huge dark eyes, full red lips, lashes that throw off a bit of the light when I blink. Finally, they cover my entire body in a powder that makes me shimmer in gold dust. Then Cinnabon enters with what I assume is my dress, but I can't really see it because it's covered. Close your eyes, he orders. I can feel the silken inside as they slip it down my naked body, When the, then the weight. Must be 40 pounds. I clutch Octavia's hand as I blindly step into my shoes, glad to find that they're at least two inches lower than the pair Effie had me practice in. There's some adjusting and fidgeting in the silence. Can I open my eyes, I ask? Yes, says Cinnabon. Open them. The creature standing before me in the full-length mirror has come from another world, where skin glimmers and eyes flash, and apparently they make their clothes from jewels, because my dress, or my dress, is entirely covered in reflective precious jewel gems. Red and yellow and white bits of blue that accent the tips of the flame design. The slightest movement gives the impression I am engulfed in tongues of fire. I'm not pretty. I'm not beautiful. I am radiant as the sun. For a while, they all just stare at me. Oh, Cinnabon, I whisper. Thank you. Twirl for me, he says. I hold out my arm and spin in a circle. Prep team screams in admiration. Cinnabon dismisses the team and then has me move around that dress and shoes, which are infinitely more manageable than Effie's. The dress hangs such a way that I don't have to lift my skirt when I walk, leaving me with one less thing to worry about. So are we ready for the interview then, asked Cinnabon. I can see his expression that he's been take- talking to Haymitch, that he knows how dreadful I am. I'm awful. Haymitch called me a dead slug. No matter what we tried, I couldn't do it. I just can't be one of those people he wants me to be, I say. Cinnabon thinks about this a moment. Why don't you just be yourself? Myself? That's no good either. Haymitch says I'm sullen and hostile, I said. Well, you are around Haymitch, says, Hay- says Cinnabon with a grin. I don't find you so. 
Prep team adores you. They even went over the game maker. And as for citizens of the Capitol, well, they can't stop talking about you. No one can help but admire your spirit. My spirit. That's a new thought. I'm not sure exactly what it means, but it suggests I'm a fighter. In a sort of brave way. Uh, it's not as if I'm ever friendly. Okay, maybe I don't go around loving everybody I meet. Maybe my smiles are hard to come by, but I do care for some people. Cinnabon takes my icy hands in his warm ones. Suppose when you answer the question, you think you're addressing a friend back home. Who would be your best friend? Asks Cinnabon. Gail, I say instantly. Only it doesn't make sense, Cinnabon. I would never be telling Gail those things about me. He already knows them. What about me? Do you think of me as a friend? All people I've met since I've left home, Cinnabon is by far my favorite. I've liked him right off, and he has disappointed me. I think so, but I'll be sitting on the main platform with the other stylists. You'll be able to look right at me. When you're asked a question, find me and ask her as honestly as possible to Cinnabon. Even if what I think is horrible, I ask. Because it might be, really. Especially if you think it's horrible, to Cinnabon. You'll try it? I nod. It's a plan, or at least a straw to grasp at. Too soon, it's time to go. The interviews take place on a stage constructed in front of this training center. Once I leave my room, it'll be only be minutes until I'm in front of the crowd, the cameras, and all of Panam. As Cinnabon turns the doorknob, I stop his hand. Cinnabon, I'm completely overwhelmed with stage fright. Remember, they already love you, he says gently. Just be yourself. We meet up with the rest of District 12 crowd at the elevator. Portia and her gang have been hard at work. Peta looks striking in black suit with flame accent. While they look well together, it's a relief to not be dressed identically. Hamish and Effie are all fast, fancied out for the occasion. I avoid Hamish, but accept Effie's compliments. Effie can be tiresome and clueless, but she's not destructive like Hamish. When the elevator opens, the other tributes are being lined up to take the stage. All 24 of us sit in a big arc throughout the interviews. I'll be last or second to last since the girl tributes precede the boys from each district. I wish I could be first and get the whole thing out of the way. Now I have to listen to how witty, funny, humble, fierce, and charming everybody else is before I go up. Plus, the audience will start to get bored, just as the game makers did, and I can't exactly shoot an arrow into the crowd to get their attention. Right before we parade on the stage, Hamish comes up behind Peter and me and growls. Remember, you're still a happy pair, so act like it. What? I thought we abandoned that. When Peter asked for separate coaching. But I guess that was private, not a public thing. Anyway, there's not much chance for interaction now as we walk single file to our seats and take our place. Just stepping on the stage makes my breath rapid and shallow. I can feel my pulse pounding in my temples. It's a relief to get my chair, because between the heels and my leg shaking, I'm afraid I'll trip. Although the evening is falling, the city circle is brighter than sun summer's day. An elevated seating unit has been set up for a prestigious guests with a stylist commanding the front row. The cameras will turn to them when the crowd is reacting to their handiwork. A large balcony off of the building to the right has been reserved to the game makers. Television crews have claimed most of the other balconies. The city circle and the avenues are fed uh, that feed into it are completely packed with people. Standing room only. At home and community halls around the country, every television set is turned on. Every citizen of Panam is turned is tuned in. There will be no blackouts tonight. Caesar Fick Flickerman. <laughs> The man who has hosted the interviews for more than 40 years bounces onto the stage. It's a little scary because his appearance has been virtually unchanged during all this time. Same face under a coating of pure white makeup. Same hairstyle that he dyes a different color for each Hunger Games. Same ceremonial suit, midnight blue dotted with a thousand tiny electric bulbs that twinkle like stars. They do surgery in the Capitol to make people appear younger or thinner. In District 12, looking old is something of an achievement since so many people die early. 
You see an elderly person, you want to congratulate them on their longevity. That's the secret of survival. A plump person is envied because they aren't scraping by like the majority of us. But here it's different. Wrinkles aren't desirable. A round belly isn't a sign of success. This year, Caesar's hair is powdered blue and his eyelids and lips are coated in the same hue. He looks freakish, but less frightening than when he did last year, when his colors were crimson and he seemed to be bleeding. Caesar tells a few jokes to one of the audience, but then gets down to business. The girl from District 1, looking provocative in a see-through gold gown, steps up to the center of the stage to join Caesar for an interview. You can tell her mentor didn't have any trouble coming up with the angle for her. With the flowing blonde hair, emerald green eyes, her body tall and lush, she's sexy all the way. Each interview only lasts three minutes. Then a buzzer goes off, and the next tribute is up. This is for Caesar. He really does his best to make tribute shine. He's friendly, tries to hit up the nervous ones at ease, laughs at lame jokes, and can turn a weak response into a memorable one by the way he reacts. I sit like a lady, the way Effie showed me, as the district slipped by. Two, three, four... Everyone seems to be playing up some angle. The monstrous boy of District 2, the ruthless killing machine. The fox-faced girl from District 12, sly and elusive. I spotted Cinnabon as soon as he took his place, but even his presence cannot relax me. 8, 9, 10. The crippled boy from 10 is very quiet. My palms are sweating like crazy, but the jeweled dress isn't absorbent and they skid right off. I try to dry them. 11. Rue, who's dressed in a gossamer, gossamer gown, complete, complete with wings, flutters, flutters her way to Caesar. A hush falls over the crowd at the sight of this magical wisp of a tribute. Caesar's very sweet with her, compliments her seven in training, an excellent score for one so small. When he asks her what her greatest strength at Reno will be, she doesn't hesitate. I'm very hard to catch, she says in a tre tremendous voice. Tremendous, tremendous, tremendous. Uh, okay, for people who are listening, I can't pronounce this word. It, I think it's tremolous, tremolous. So I thought it was tremolous, like she was like trembling, but I don't think she was trembling. I think it was like tremolous, which might be, I don't know, but you know, tremolous, tremolous, no say. But yeah, that's it. I mean, uh, we're not done yet. That's the word I couldn't pronounce. <laughs> okay, next. And if they can't catch me, they can't kill me. So don't count me out. I wouldn't in a million years, says Caesar encouragingly. The boy from dis uh, tribute from District 11, Thresh, has the same dark skin as Rue, but the resemblance stops there. He's one of the giants, probably six and a half feet tall, built like an ox, but I noticed he rejected the invitation from career tributes to join their crowd. Though he's been very solitary, speaking to no one, showing little interest in training. Even so, he scored a 10, and that's not hard to imagine. He impressed the game makers. He ignores Caesar's attempts at banter and ends with a yes or no or just remains silent. If only I was his size, I could get away with selling and hostile, and it would be just fine. I bet half the monsters are at least considering him. If I had any money, I'd bet on myself. I bet on him myself. Then they're calling Katniss Everdeen. I feel myself as if in a dream, standing and making my way to center stage. Shake Caesar's outstretched hand, and he has good grace not immediately wipe it off on his suit. So Katniss, the capital must be quite a change from District Twelve. What impressed you the most since you arrived here? Says Caesar. What? What did he say? As if the words made no sense. My mouth has gone dry. As sawdust. I desperately find Cinnabon in the crowd and lock eyes with him. I imagine the words coming from his lips. What impressed you the most since you arrived here? I racked my brain with something that made me happy here. Be honest, I think. Be honest. The lambs do. I get out. Caesar laughs, and I vaguely realize some of the audience has joined in. 
Well, the dried plums? asked Caesar. I nod. Oh, I eat it by the bucketful. He turns sideways to the audience in horror, hands on his stomach. Doesn't show, does it? They shout reassurances to him and applaud. This is what I meant about Caesar. He tries to help you out. Now, Katniss, he says confidently, when you came out to the opening ceremonies, my heart actually stopped. What did you think of that costume? Cinnabon raises one eyebrow at me. Be honest. You mean after I got over my fear of being burnt alive, I ask? Big laugh. A real one from the audience. Yes, start then, says Caesar. Cinnabon, my friend. I should tell him anyway. I thought Cinnabon was brilliant, and it was the most gorgeous costume I've ever seen. I couldn't believe I was wearing it. I can't believe I'm wearing this, either. I lift on my skirt, spread it out. I mean, look at it. The audience oohs and ahs as he Cinnabon makes the tiniest circular motion with his finger. I know what he's saying. Twirl free. I spin in a circle once, and the reaction is immediate. Oh, do that again, says Caesar. And so I lift up my arms and spin around and around and around. Letting the skirt fly, <laughs> letting the dress engulf me in flame. The audience breaks into cheers. When I stop, I clutch Caesar's arm. Don't stop, he says. I have to. I'm dizzy. I'm also giggling, which I've done maybe never in my lifetime. The nerves and the spinning have gotten to me. Caesar wraps a protective arm around me. Don't worry, I've got you. Can't have you following. Can't have you following in your mentor's footsteps. Everyone's hooting. At- Hooting as the cameras find Haymitch, who is by now famous for his head dive into the reaping, and he waves them away good naturedly and points back to me. It's all right, Caesar reassures the crowd. She's safe with me. So, how about training score? Eleven. Give us a hint at what happened in there. I glance the game makers on the balcony and bite my lip. Um, all I can say is that I think it was a first. Cameras are right on the game makers who are chuckling and nodding. You're killing us. Details, details. I just the balcony. I'm not supposed to talk about it, right? The game makers who found the punch bowl shout, She's not! Thank you, I say. Sorry, my lips are sealed. Let's go back then. The moment they called your sister's name with a reaping, says Caesar. His mood is quieter now, and you volunteered. Can you tell us about her? No, no, not all of you. But maybe Cinnabon. I don't think I'm imagining sadness on his face. Her name's Prim. She's just 12. I love her more than anything. You could hear a pin drop in the city circle now. What did she say to you after reaping? Says Caesar. Be honest. Be honest. I swallowed real hard. She asked me to try really hard to win. The audience is frozen, hanging on every word. And what did, what did you say to her? Prompts uh, Caesar gently. But instead of warmth, I feel an icy, rigid, rigidity take over my body. My muscles tense as I do as they do before a kill. When I speak, my voice seems to have dropped an octave. I swore I would. I bet you did. Says Caesar, giving me a squeeze. Brother goes off. Sorry, we're out of time. Best of luck, Katniss Everdeen. Tribute from District 12. The applause continues long after I'm seated. I look at Cinnabon for reassurance. He gives me a subtle thumbs up. Still in a daze for the first part of Peta's interview. He has the audience from get-go, though. I can hear them laughing, laughing, shouting out. He plays with the baker's son thing, comparing the tributes to breads from their districts. Then he has a funny anecdote about the pearls of the Capitol showered. Tell me, do I still smell like roses? He asks Caesar, and then there's a whole run it takes turns stiffing each other that brings down the house. I'm coming back into focus when Caesar asks him if he has a girlfriend back home. Peter has taste and given an unconvincing shake of his head. Handsome lad like you, there must be some special girl. Come on, what's her name? says Caesar. Well, there is this one girl. I've had a crush on her ever since I can remember, but I'm pretty sure she didn't even know I was alive until the reaping. Sounds like a sound of sympathy comes from the crowd. Unrequited love they can relate to. She had another fellow, asked Caesar. I don't know. A lot of boys like her, said Peta. So there so here's what you do. You win. You go home. She can't turn you down then, eh? says Caesar encouragingly. 
I don't think it's going to work out. Winning? It won't help in my case, says Peter. Why ever not, says Caesar, mystified. Peter blushes, beat red, and stammers out. Because, because she came here with me. Oh my goodness. Peter is in love with Katniss? Okay, so we have finally reached the games. I've been getting so much, uh, not, what, not slack, but like, so much feedback saying, you're not even at the games yet. Where, you're not even at the games, and you're like, doing all this. I'm at the games now, okay? We're at the games now. Alright? So, I don't know what we're gonna do. We still have a little bit over five minutes before I mostly end the podcast, so, I guess we'll continue. We just finished, I think this was chapter 9, so we're going to be starting chapter 10. But before we start chapter 10, I'm going to do a bit of predictions. So, first off, I feel like it's not going to go the way all the Hunger Games have gone. Because, I don't know, something tells me, something in my heart tells me that they're all going to work together or something and fight it out. But listen, I've never seen the Hunger Games, never heard about the Hunger Games too much. So I will take back my thing about Peter throwing Rue. I don't think he's going to throw Rue. I would have. Me personally. User, user, if I could throw like 100 pounds, I'd, I'd throw. Well, no. Okay, I wouldn't throw a child. I, I wouldn't do that. But I think because they're giving us names. Thresh, Rue, um, Peter, Katniss. They're going to be a group. They didn't give names to like the killing machine guy from District... Two or the fox, the fox face girl from District Five. I feel like they're also gonna join, um, as well, and they're gonna be like a group, and they're gonna try and like fight against like. I think they're just gonna work together and try and, like survive, like try to like outwit the game makers, you know, because I feel like they're a little too. They ask so many questions, and also I guess this is what they're talking about with the stew. Because I was saying, I'm like this stew. For breakfast it's gotta stop it's out of control but apparently katniss is like this is the best part ever it's so tasty it's so great i love it so much i'm like uh i don't know but i guess it's like the plot that they're talking about i think this was what Allie was talking about she's like it's for the plot so i guess this is the plot i guess i'm not too sure but yeah so i definitely think that they're gonna work together and all of that but I don't know Peta like actually no, I kinda sorta knew that Peta liked um Katniss. Well I, yeah. Yeah, but then I don't know why he like wanted to do separate. Maybe so he could like, you know, confess. Be like, oh my goodness, I love her. Actually that question was probably like out of the blue, so he probably had no idea about that question before they said it, so he just, you know, responded with the first thing on his mind. He's probably being honest too. They said his act was like gonna be like, you know, care like uh really sociable really friendly and like kind and all that stuff so i guess that's just like his personality that he's showing off to like the crowds and the sponsors and everything but basically he's like yeah i like her but i'm actually gonna have to kill her Woo, that's no bueno um i'm trying to see how long chapter the next chapter is i you know now that i'm thinking about it i don't think we're actually gonna start chapter 10 this was just a way for me to finish chapter 9 and then get all my thoughts out. So, initial thoughts after the first 9 chapters of the book. I think it's I think it's good. I think I probably missed out on something when I was a kid. But I'm glad I'm reading it now. 
It seems fun so far. I like Katniss. I don't like how she eats stew for breakfast, but we can get over that. Um, I think Peta is good. I don't know. I've heard things about Gail. People say Gail isn't great, but I don't know Gail enough to know. From what I know, I think Gail's going to take care of Katniss's family, but I don't think that's the last we're going to see of Gail, for sure. Um, next thing, I feel like Haymitch is going to get better. I don't know why Haymitch was... I think Hey Witchman is like really rude on her because he knew that she had like more potential and stuff like that. But I feel like Haymitch is gonna like sober up and like help them out. Effie probably gonna be a repeating character, I feel like. Um Cinnabon, I think we're done with Cinnabon. Which is sad. I like saying Cinnabon. Cinnabon, Cinnabon, Cinnabon. But I think we're almost done with him. Which is sad. I wish I could also I can kinda like visualize the dress though. Like the fire flames. I think it would have been really pretty. Um, I loved her responses to the questions, um, and that she was being honest, and she thought of Cinnabon as a friend and everything. But yeah, like I said, this is the Hunger Games for a reason. It's the trilogy for a reason, and it's really, really popular even now for a reason. So I'm not okay. So okay, so final prediction. I think for their game. Again, for final predictions, I think that um, Katniss is going to do something that they've never seen before. They're going to be like, oh my goodness, why is Katniss doing this? Like, why would you do that? You know, she's going to like shock everybody. Like, she won't do it alone. She'll need like help. She can't do it alone. That's what I kind of picked up. Like with her and Gail, like they work better together. A.K.A. she worked better in a team. So there's that. Also, I found myself actually like kind of enjoying the book. So it's like I'm kind of like looking forward to the next chapters to see what happens to everybody, to see like what's going on, what they're doing, how they're doing, if they're going to survive, who they are, more about their personalities and their backstories. Just a little bit. Like I literally was like, ooh, I'm kind of excited to read today, you know, even though I didn't have a special guest. And you know what? I won't always have special guests sometimes. Sometimes it'll just be me. And it's kind of like that's kind of like a vibe too, you know? But yeah, that's my predictions for the games. I think Katniss is going to do something crazy. Don't think she's going to die. Uh, now, Rue? Hmm, I don't know. The way you described her, I'm thinking, I don't know. I don't know about her. But I do know Katniss is a survivor. So she's going to survive this Hunger Games one way or another. Okay, thanks again for tuning in to my podcast. And we'll be back. Okay, till next time. Peace. Okay, and done. That's it. We got pretty far for today. So I can't wait for the next one. And if I said something wrong, which let's be honest, I probably did, don't hesitate to point it out to me. Because honestly, if you can't laugh at yourself, who are you actually supposed to laugh at? Am I right? Okay, then I'll see you in the next one. Midday out.